after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of After These Messages, the podcast all about television commercials. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Abnormal behaviors may include aggressiveness, agitation, hallucinations, or confusion. Driving, eating, or engaging in other activities while not fully awake without remembering the event the next day have been reported. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Genevieve. Just sounds like a regular Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sounds like a normal after these messages. <laughs> All right. If you didn't guess it, coming up today, uh, you guys asked for it and you got it. I think from the from the day we launched this commercial. That's right. Low those 34 episodes 34 weeks ago uh, You guys were sending us a lot of emails Saying you gotta do a show About the the pharmaceutical ads They're all over the place They're crazy The list of side effects are nutso So we'll be talking about that today Are you ready to jump into this murky World of prescription Is Is that a pun because of Merck I think they're a pharmaceutical maker Oh no but Damn. You want to restart? <laughs> I'll say the same exact thing, only more knowingly. So we're going to talk about that today, plus a little bit of politics. Democrats and Republicans both releasing anti-Donald Trump ads, and yes. they're, both, <laughs> they're both using the same technique, and it's wonderful. Oh and let's actually, God. let's just... Let's just be honest and, and, and say to the listeners what you said to me when we were planning the show yesterday or today. You said... We need to use every platform we have to bring yeah. down Donald Trump anyway. So No, I feel like if I if as I've said on my other podcast and I hopefully hopefully you have said on yours, if you can hear the sound of my voice, you need to try to do everything you can to prevent Donald Trump <laughs> from becoming president. So we'll be playing those ads. I think they're uh, pretty brilliant um, from a bunch of different sources. Plus the ad council, that's you guys been sending us a lot of emails. Of course, it's another week, so there's another Colonel Sanders update. <laughs> like we could uh, Man, I don't know. that. I can't get into it now. We'll talk about that later. But first, let's get our drugs on. Quick warning, as you'd expect, listening to this show could result in dry mouth, wet mouth, and explosive diarrhea. Trilocaine, prescription medication for serious scalp itch. Possible side effects include dry mouth or loss of appetite. Some users may suffer dizziness or nausea. And 90% of users experience an instantaneous and horrifying sleep paralysis containing oblique vision of mortality. If you are one of those 90%, after taking Trilocaine, you'll slip into unconsciousness and feel yourself stepping through a looking glass into a not world. There you'll meet your identical twin. The doppelganger points at you and laughs, a chattering skull-like laugh, then turns into a screeching falcon and flies off towards the blood-red sun. Suddenly, you're on a Viking ship, skimming across a lake of white gold okay, fire. Okay, that goes on forever. You Obviously, maybe you could and tell from the laugh track or from the live studio audience that is not a real commercial. That is from Saturday Night Live, a, a parody. Um, actually, had Ben Affleck in the beginning of it. I had to cut out Ben. Sorry about that for uh, Trilocaine. Honestly, though... How far from the, reality is that list of side effects? The first, 
the first couple of them, up to and including horrifying sleep paralysis, <laughs> were really not that hard to believe or, or that far from reality. They had to take it so far into the realm of the ridiculous because where the starting point is is already ridiculous. Yeah, I do. My favorite part of that is you'll find yourself in a not world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that where we should begin? I know you've been doing some reading about the kind of the the, the legal. A- I mean, obviously the le- list of side effects. They're not doing that because they want to. That's all part of the laws that mandate this. The United States didn't always even allow you to uh, to advertise prescription drugs, right? Yes, uh, or at least the the rules have changed a lot over the years. And I think sometime in the eighties, um, the FDA relaxed some of its rules about what di- it's called DTC. That's a, a, a an abbreviation you'll see a lot when you read about this direct-to-consumer. Right. Um, it wasn't until the 80s that direct-to-consumer uh, sort of laws around doing that uh, relaxed a little bit or I think became more codified perhaps. So you started seeing not just TV commercials, but you'll see like full-page magazine ads and um, increasingly drugs are looking into how they can get into social like every brand. There's actually... Uh, Kim Kardashian, because you know she she advertises a lot of brands. You know she mm-hmm. gets paid to tweet or or post about a lot tens of, brands. of thousands of dollars per, t- per I mean, Instagram minimum. I think yeah. yeah, like she she's probably the most uh, the most expensive celebrity to to be able to tweet or or Instagram about something. Um, she tweet she tweeted about I think it was um, a. a was a it morning a, after pill oh, of some sort, wasn't it? Morning sickness pill. Or a morning sickness pill. Uh, right, very right, different. Right, right. Um, very, very di- As I was saying that, I was like, that can't be right. Uh, she tweeted about a morning sickness pill, I'm sure, when she was pregnant with one of the kids. And because it's, you know, 140 characters or whatever, it didn't contain all of the, the legal, uh, uh, you know, caveats and, mm-hmm. and whatever's and, and warnings that you're supposed to have. And she got, I don't know if she got fined, but she definitely got sort of a slap on the wrist for doing it uh, from the FDA. Do you know that on my other podcast, it's called TBTL. You guys should check it out. Um, uh, and yours is Grapes are Red. You mentioned yours before, Vives. We have uh, a, a longtime sponsors back. I'm honestly just telling you this, Vives, because I thought you might find it interesting. Um, and our longtime sponsor, Chateau Saint-Michel, is back, but they're using um, our little advertisements to promote a sweepstakes. So there's legal language that goes along with it. So in our two-minute little spots, the last, like, 20 seconds is me reading this now. And I'm trying to get better at saying it faster. So I've done it twice so far. This will be my third time. Sweepstakes runs through August 31st, 2016. Purchase not necessary and will not improve chance of winning. Must be 21 years or older to enter. Void where prohibited. Sponsor Chateau Saint-Michel Estates Limited. Visit 10perfectsips.com for official rules. Oh, my goodness. How was that? That was the fastest I've ever done it. That was very good. Yeah, thank yeah. you. So anyway, we're talking about drugs or something? <laughs> that um, was an aside is what we call it. Ah, yes. Well, um, <laughs> there was – I read an interesting article today. Uh, the, the headline, uh, This was from 2009 uh, that was called Why Sharing Plows Nasen XB is to Blame for FDA's New Drug Ad Rules. And you may remember the Nasen XB. It was voiced by Antonio Banderas. It was kind of like a Pixar-y style animated B. And I think it was like – I think Nasen X is an anti-allergen. I do not remember it at all. Can I just click on this ad here? Can we sure. Give it a is, play. is the audio good? Hello, my flower. <laughs> I'm stuffed up and so congested. Nasonex relieves congestion and other nasal allergy symptoms. Maybe that's why 4 million nasal allergy sufferers used Nasonex last year. Side effects were generally mild and included headache, viral infection, sore throat, nosebleeds, and coughing. I have returned my flower, a changed bee. 
Nasonex treats congestion and other nasal allergy symptoms. Okay. I actually don't remember that, but okay. I remember the bee. Something, so you can't see it, but the, the bee's flying around. He's interacting with cartoon flowers mm-hmm. uh, uh, during the ad. Um, and uh, a, a, a researcher named Ruth Day at Duke University did a study where she looked at the animation that was happening dur- in that commercial, and, and I think others, during the part where they're telling you like all the good things that Nasonex does for you. And then she looked at the animation that was happening when they tell you the bad side effects. And apparently during the bad side effects uh, portion of the ad, the animation got more more vis- more sort of visually busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the bees' wings were flapping faster and more things were happening on screen. Um, and what she found was that uh, viewers of the ads tended to get distracted and and tuned out the, a lot of the negative side effects. By design. By the, design. The ad makers wanted to yes. not hear you, didn't want you thinking about bleeding eyeballs or whatever else goes along. Yeah, with so apparently a lot of advertisers were doing this. Like they were sort of like making the music more up-tempo or the, the mm. graphics more visually distracting during the, you know, may cause anal bleeding part of the commercial. Um, and so her study actually went to, into the FDA's report, or she presented to the FDA, and they actually used her findings to require in 2009 with their revised regulations that now um, the sort of tone and tempo of the visuals and the music have to match or at least not contradict the side effects. So it seems a, so subjective. It is subjective, but she got down to the level of like number of beef, bee wing flaps per second during that part of the commercial. Okay, you know, I mean, that's her research into it, but it seems subjective as far as creating legislation then then has to be, like, you know, then making commercials that have to stand up to that scrutiny. Well, it is a little bit subjective, but I think there were findings that people were actually distracted and and Mm. they were objectively less likely to remember the side effects. Well, because of all the, I mean, obviously... I'm not a huge fan of uh, direct-to-consumer advertising. Um, and uh, did you already mention we're one of only two countries that even allows no. it? Yeah, the other one is New Zealand, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, but I understand that if you're going to allow it, then, yeah, you need to have that shit regulated. And therefore, you need to list these side effects, you know? Um, but what drives me crazy is when they try to, like, have the people... And it's not just side effects, either. It's just the language all around the use of the drug. It's so heavily regulated. There's a right. lot of sort of legalese. Exactly. And which is fine for a voiceover person, which is 99% of the time that's what they're doing. But uh, what drives me crazy is when they just have like supposedly normal people in the in the commercial playing characters – but then those characters need to mention, let's say, their disease or something like that. But it has to be used in a way that is legally appropriate. So you get and things. And very clinical. And very clinical. So in, I'm thinking of something very much in, uh, specifically here. I'm going to play this ad. So there I was again, explaining my moderate to severe chronic plaque psoriasis to another new stylist. Uh, it was a you know, just another day at the salon. Just, you know, describing my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Nobody would say that. No. And again, if it's a voiceover guy, okay, that's one thing. But they're trying to make these real people and be like, hey, dad, uh, how you doing? I'm all right, son. It's just this, my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis is driving me crazy. That's for a drug called Humira or Humira is hum- maybe how you say Humira. Humira, I think. Um, which I think is funny because that's for plaque psoriasis. But apparently Humira basically can be used for any ailment here's a very similar one same drug different problem with my moderate to severe ulcerative colitis the possibility of a flare was almost always on my mind 
thinking about. Everybody's got moderate to severe, but I guess the point is you're not supposed to be touching this junk if you just have like a mild case of psoriasis or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the, what needle they're trying to thread there, but clearly it has something to do with what uh, what the drug actually treats. And another thing you'll notice about those kinds of, as particularly things that treat skin ailments like psoriasis, they are not allowed to show it completely wiping it out. So often they'll have like a um, sort of a, an oh, animation yeah. or something that kind of implies like a that this is your psoriasis. It's like on they show it on your skin or whatever, but it's just kind of like an animation. And after you take the drug, they show it reduced. Yes, but they never show it completely clean or. Completely I've noticed gone. that, especially with psoriasis, the woman walking through the grocery store. Yeah. And isn't there one where like? The woman takes the drug and then it lessens it a little bit and then suddenly she's fun and flirty and like trying to hit on some guy at the melon counter or something like that. Probably. Yeah. I mean, they, I think they, they have to be really careful not to imply that their drug completely 100% of the time knocks out all of your symptoms. Right. Oh, there's another. Yeah. There is definitely a drug and it's for the psoriasis thing, I think. And I think there's one that focuses on a woman in a grocery store and a man at a um, a buffet, like a food buffet. And the guy has psoriasis, which, you know, I mean, I have... I have eczema on my hand. Like, I mean, a lot of people have psoriasis. I'm not trying to make it sound like... You have moderate to f- severe eczema on <laughs> Right, exactly. I don't want to make it sound like um, people with psoriasis are gross or anything like that. Having said that, clearly that's something that the drug makers in this case are kind of emphasizing, saying, hey, listen, you're, you don't have to be so grody anymore. Yes. When you run into a handsome guy at the grocery store, you can, you can be still like be fun and flirty. And, 30 and, to 40% less grody. And I think... <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I think the uh, the the buffet one is especially yes. kind of I don't know if the word is devious when it comes to that because the idea of somebody with a skin condition yeah. that you can you know see that's very pronounced or something at Your a buffet food. I think it's just like and that's the more I think about it now like that's uh, I don't know it's, no, it's, it's not it's unfair some defi- but it's some definite I feel like for all that they're trying to I mean they are it's psoriasis shaming if it, if yeah. they weren't psoriasis shaming you yeah. why would you need a cure? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, psoriasis, it ain't so bad. Humira. Right. Psoriasis, most people live with it just fine. But here's an expensive <laughs> drug just to Right. Case. What's your problem, Bozo? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else? I'm what calling else? you Bozo because your skin is grotesque, <laughs> by the way. Like a clown. Do you, I, I see that you have some links in here. Do you just want to kind of roll through some of your yeah. faves? Or is that what these are? Are these favorites or just like notable? I think they're just notable. They're quote notable quotables. <laughs> okay. Do you have any potent potables? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what is this one? Okay, this one I actually just like as a commercial. And I know we're we're sort of um, uh, using pharma ads as our punching bag today. And I think that's more than fair because they do tend to be sort of terrible and um, uh, and overly handicapped by their by the legal requirements. This one's actually pretty clever. It's for a, a, a medicine or a medication called uh, Rosarum, which is a sleep aid. Um, and the... I, I, the premise or the, the thing that is happening as you're he- as you're hearing it is this guy is coming downstairs in his like sleep clothes, you know, sweatpants and a T-shirt into his kitchen. He sits down at his kitchen table um, and sitting at the kitchen table are Abraham Lincoln with a chess set. <laughs> I like it already. And a talking beaver. <laughs> Seriously? Just go? Just go. I've never seen this before. 
Hey, it's Sleeping Beauty. And Sleep-a-wink. I know, we've been waiting for you. Have the chest set already? He cheats. Hello, Honest Abe. <laughs> Whatever. We just haven't played for so long. I know, I just got all this stress at work. It's cool, it happens to a lot of people. Really? Absolutely. More than half of adults report experiencing some kind of insomnia at least a few nights a week. We just want you back. And then Thanks, the tagline is, when your you dreams sleep, miss you. you. Dream. And standing uh, behind them silently is like a, a deep sea diver. Like an old-fashioned deep sea diver yeah. with a big clunky helmet thing. That is great. Isn't that clever, right? That is by far the best uh, best pharma commercial I've ever seen. Now, well, let's see. Let's Should we listen to what the um, what the side effects Stop are? Stop when you don't. Yes. Just talk to your doctor. I mean, you, you know it's going to include sleep driving. You know, <laughs> you know what they didn't? They notably did not list any side effects there. Oh, I think they did. I think we just missed did they? it. Did yeah. they? I can. Can I can I check? Is this this is bad radio? But let me just skip again to this part. When you can't sleep, you can't dream. That's why there's Roserum, the first and only prescription sleep aid that, in clinical studies, shows no potential for abuse or dependence. Take it when you need it. Stop when you don't. Yes. Just talk to your doctor. Oh Mm-mm. wow! No, no there side was, effects. There was one little uh, there was one little note at the bottom or something that said it may not work on everybody or something along those lines. But um, but no sleep crime. Is the, I'm disappointed. Is this over the counter? I don't know. That might be the difference. Maybe. It says prescription sleep No, prescription sleep, sleep, aid. sleep aid. So, huh. Anyway, I don't know how they got away without having uh, side effects on that one. Um, here was, let's, speaking of side effects, let me just jump around a little bit here. Actually, I think, didn't we both land on this one? Abilify. <laughs> Abilify. Abilify is uh, on a lot of top 10 lists for like craziest uh, side effects because it's basically everything terrible. And Abilify, for those who aren't familiar with it, is kind of like an additive that you can have added. If you're already on a prescription um, antidepressant, but it's not doing the job, this is like sort of a, I don't suppose like kickstart or Mm. like turbocharge or antidepressant. So it's not, it is an antidepressant, but it's not in and of itself like your only Right. Okay. I didn't know that. That's interesting. So it's for people with pretty severe depression. And I don't want to make the only reason right. why you would even consider something with this list of like horrific side effects. Right. And that's where you get into dicey territory because I mean people are really suffering out there. And mental illness is a huge thing. And yes. I don't want to like I don't want to make it sound like I'm making fun of that. But then here we have these um, drug commercials that are supposed to be all about like, hey, our drug will help cure your depression. But in this case, it's like. Until it won't. Until it really won't. I mean, I don't want to, I actually think this is a good moment to pause and say, I'm in no way deriding people who need these drugs. Right. I think that they're, you know, and, and this is actually something I learned today doing the reading. You know, I think we all have, we tend to have a pretty negative view of pharmaceutical advertising. But something I read today that really kind of made me reconsider my, my sort of innate suspicion of them is that the money... That they so they do drive sales and 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 they they have increased the amount of pharmaceuticals that Americans are taking by a lot, um, and often it's for things that people didn't know there was a cure for, and they've just thought like, oh, I've um, you know fibromyalgia, uh, I have like this you know neuro pain that will never go away. I'm not even gonna like I'm not gonna keep, I'm not gonna go see my doctor and ask for help because I just know there's no cure. Well, now I'm watching you know Golden Girls and. I see an ad for uh, something that cure, you know that can treat fibromyalgia, and so now I'm going to ask my doctor about it, and mm-hmm. that's good. Like that's good. What it does do is make is pu- push people, unfortunately, away from generics and towards the more expensive ones, which is not great. But the kind of good outcome of drug advertising is that all of that increased sales actually dramatically by about fifteen about fifteen percent of those of sales or of of drug uh, sales numbers go back into research and development 
which we do need. Like we right. need drug development. Right. So. To the to the extent fifteen percent did you say yeah so the, yeah but how much also goes into like lobbying I mean that's kind of where this becomes a vicious cycle right because well, I mean, like, lobbying is a whole separate issue but just the fact that the United States is one of only two countries in the world that allows this is because money begets the ability to keep on making more money and in this case I have a feeling that a big chunk of the um of of the money that is made by the pharmaceutical industry goes back into lobbyists that ensure that they are not going to have their wings clipped. Well, that may be true. Uh, a lot of people think that, or consumers often think if they're polled or surveyed, that the money spent on advertising increases the price of drugs. I'm not sure if that's exactly mm. what you're saying. Uh, no, no, that's not exactly what I was addressing. But It turns out that there is about $3 billion are spent on drug advertising mm. and direct-to-consumer advertising across platforms. And if you if you were to totally knock that out and stop that, you wouldn't dramatically reduce. You would you would insignificantly reduce the price of the actual drugs, I see, right? Yeah. So it doesn't increase the price of drugs for people per se. What it does do is get more drugs to be yeah, sold, yeah. which is arguably a problem. And it does, I think, push people towards the non-generics, which is arguably arguably a problem, right? But to the degree that it pushes people to get help for things that they may not have known that they could get help for, I think it can be a good thing. Well, not to get too deep into like that kind of politics and not commercial side of things here, but why are doctors not – I mean every time a doctor is prescribing a drug to me, I feel like they will mention if there is a generic or something and say I'm going to prescribe you the generic. Like, a lot of people it, say like I want, I want a Bilify. I want I a Bilify. I saw the commercial. Yeah. Huh, yeah. Interesting. I will, anyway. The AMA, by the way, has come out. They have a policy – statement that they they would like the ama as officially wants there to be no drug advertising and so in just last week i saw that i can't remember exactly what the acronym for it is but one of the major um affiliations or i guess associations of pharmacy of the pharmaceutical industry Wait, that no, I'm sorry, pharmacists, not the pharmaceutical industry. That would make sense. But the, the National Association of um, Pharmacists for Health, or I, it's, I can't remember what the acronym is, um, actually are publicly against it and, and pushing to have the law change as well. Anyway, that all comes back to this Abilify. We're not going to play the whole commercial, but these are the side effects. And again, the reason we were mentioning all this is because this is a drug that is supposed to give worms to <laughs> friends. This is a drug. <laughs> For the world. No, no, no. Now I, I got to find it. I know that I have it in here. Let me see here. Kids if you haven't the- seen Brain Candy and you want to watch a very sharp satire, an underrated satire about the pharmaceutical industry, highly recommend. Okay. Hold on a second here. I can't not play it, Vives. I'm sorry. I have it. This is always like good when I do haircut. this. Here it is. I've invented a pill that gives worms to ex-girlfriends. Right. And, and what's positive about that? <laughs> Well, it's a pill that gives worms to ex-girlfriends. Well, could it also give worms to ex-boyfriends? This is a drug for the world to give worms to ex-girlfriends. Well, great. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, the magnificent... Bruce- don't get it here! <laughs> oh, my God. I love that guy so much. Uh, okay. Abilify. I'm going to play the side effects. Point being, this is a drug that is supposed to help relieve your depression. But after listening to this, not only does it make you more depressed, it makes you scared of the drug. Abilify is not for everyone. Call your doctor if your depression worsens or you have unusual changes in behavior or thoughts of suicide. Antidepressants can increase these in children, teens, and young adults. 
Elderly dementia patients taking Abilify have an increased risk of death or stroke. Call your doctor if you have high fever, stiff muscles, and confusion to address a possible life-threatening condition. Or if you have uncontrollable muscle movements, as these could become permanent. High blood sugar has been reported with Abilify and medicines like it. In some cases, extreme high blood sugar can lead to coma or death. Other risks include decreases in white blood cells, which can be serious, dizziness upon standing, seizures, trouble swallowing, and impaired judgment or motor skills. Adding Abilify has made a difference for me. It's yeah, it sounds to, like it. Yeah, it's interesting to see that actress, these depression ads. And again, I'm not poking fun here. As a matter of fact, I think sometimes they're actually kind of moving because like you were saying with the psoriasis, they won't they can't just show you happy as hell, just like walking right. on sunshine. So these actors and actresses are they're showing them in these scenes where they're getting by basically. Yeah. And in this one, it's like, a mo- is that a mother and a daughter or two sisters? They seem closer to the same age. It doesn't really matter. There are yeah. two women who for some reason are like out in a field somewhere kind of getting maybe family photos of themselves taken. There's a guy taking their uh, pictures and the guy, I'm sorry, the woman who's um, kind of the main focus of the ad, she looks happy enough yeah. or she her face is portraying somebody who is starting to crawl yeah, no, out of something they never and it's show really them like f- riding yeah. on a roller coaster right exactly or, it's know, really interesting you know accepting on a proposal or something it's it's always these like very mundane sort of humdrum activities and the emphasis is like you can return to a pretty normal life yeah but there's still there's something behind her eyes which is actually a harder kind of acting to do too yeah. i think um let's see you have some um must be some uh dust in the air you and i both have the uh uh, coffees today. Um, don't know why I talk like that. What about this one? What is uh, what is Mirapex? I don't even know what that is. I can't remember. I really just liked one of the side effects. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Oh, it's for oh, it's for restless leg syndrome. Oh my gosh. Okay, um, that I can just make fun of. All right, let's take a listen to. This. I'm just kidding, listener with restless RLS. <laughs> RLS. It's real. Every day you count on your legs to get you where you want to go. But when you suffer from restless leg syndrome, your legs don't want to stop, even when you do. Annoying sensations can keep you up at night when all you want to do is get some rest. Fortunately, there's Mirapex. Mirapex is a prescription medicine that helps relieve the frequency and severity of many RLS symptoms, like those irritating sensations and the uncontrollable urge to move. So your legs feel better and you feel better. Prescription Mirapex may cause you to feel drowsy or fall asleep during normal activities such as driving or to feel faint or dizzy when you stand up. Tell your doctor if you experience these problems, if you drink alcohol, are taking medicines that make you drowsy, or if you experience increased gambling, sexual, or other intense urges. Other side effects include nausea. (laughs) Is that the one? Increased gambling, sexual, or other urges. Apparently, this is a, a, a severe um, inhibitions reducer. Yeah, no kidding. I was saying to you before we started recording, like, sometimes I have a hard time. Like, I, I like to play blackjack, for example, um, but yeah. I, I'm kind of a nervous gambler, right, 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 and I feel right. like I could use a little bit more risk-taking right, sometimes. Right, right, right. So, like, maybe I should get on some Mirapex. Yeah, or if you've been... To in, increase my gambling urges. If you've been... And my sexual urges. If you've been married for a long time, you're just kind of like, you want to spice things up, but you 
don't know how to ask your wife if she's into butt stuff. Take mirror packs. It's going to really reduce those inhibitions. <laughs> by the way, uh, don't let your kids listen to this episode of After These Messages. Sorry. Too little, too late. I feel like also, I know that I'm the one who said that, but I also feel like the longer you do the Grapes of Rad, the bluer this podcast is going to become. You said that. I know I said that. I'm the one who brought it. I save who... all my blue material for grapes. <laughs> okay. By the way, I do want to come back. I said I will make fun of restless leg syndrome that's very hard to say um but i don't know why i said that it's got a funny kind of name but actually that sounds awful and it's something that i can really i could imagine myself struggling with because i'm uh 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 suffer from a little bit of um why can't i think of the word when you're trapped you feel trapped claustrophobia Claustrophobia. airplanes like for me like there's not enough legroom on airplanes but you've flown with me as well like i think also part of it is it's in my head so much so when i am flying like yes part of it is the reality of not having enough legroom but also just like once you start thinking about that getting really kind of like jittery about it like i could just imagine like laying in bed and just like having this like this thing going on with your legs that is just like totally keeping up. But it I sounds think that like you have, of- this is a real, you, you're, you're having a Bob Wiley moment here where you're like starting oh, to, Bob Wiley. you know, you're, this is, you're like, what if I have restless leg syndrome? Oh no. Now I think I might have restless leg syndrome. What if I have Tourette's? <laughs> Shit, <it is. laughs> if I fake it, I don't have it. Like, I right. think that I, I think you're getting, I think what you have is in your own headism. You're not in your ta- own head. I <laughs> you're not talking about this by any chance. I get dizzy spells. <laughs> Nausea, cold sweats, hot sweats, involuntary trembling, dead hands, numb lips, fingernail sensitivity, pelvic discomfort. What if my heart stops beating? What if I'm looking for a bathroom, I can't find it, and my bladder explodes? And I know that I edited that, too. That is not even the whole thing, I don't think. Oh, God. Uh, this has just become us playing clips from our favorite comedy movies. Yeah. Um, We're not being that funny today, so probably for <laughs> yeah, the best. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's see here. Uh, so we did Rosarim, uh, Mirapex, the uh, the gambling urges, we did uh, Billify. Oh, this was... Well, all right. Let me just play this one. And then I think we have a couple from listeners here. This is one that, when I was looking for uh, goofy side effects today, this one came up a, a lot. This is for... Axeron, which is, I believe, a kind of a low T mm-hmm. thing, and it's the kind that you apply by rubbing it under your arms. Did you know that? Have you ever? Seen I knew these that there ads? were topical low T. Yeah, it's a things ton- yeah. I didn't know under your arms. So um, anyway, the side effects on this one had a lot of people on the old internet's uh, guffawing. I always say, be the man with the plan. But with less energy, moodiness, and a low sex drive, I had to do something. I saw my doctor. A blood test showed it was low testosterone, not age. We talked about Axeron. The only underarm low-T treatment that can restore T levels to normal in about two weeks in most men. Axeron is not for use in women or anyone younger than 18 or men with prostate or breast cancer. Women, especially those who are or who may become pregnant, and children should avoid contact where Axeron is applied, as unexpected signs of puberty in children or changes in body hair or increased acne in women may occur. That's the one. Everybody's like, keep... The ladies and kids away from Axeron because I think you immediately just start picturing children with just like tons of hair growing out yeah, of their like, ears and their nose and everywhere, right? Yeah, and ladies with, you know, uh, you know, budding testicles. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, did you, you're, you're kind of our, our uh, ad council uh, liaison. Do you want to um, get into some of these from uh, the listeners? Uh, yeah, so bef- we'll do a regular ad council uh, section at the end that doesn't focus on uh, on pharmaceuticals. But as Andrew said at the top, uh, ever since we started doing this podcast, people have been saying, when are you going to talk about pharma? 
Uh, so we have had over the over the weeks and months, we've had people kind of checking in and, and suggesting things. Uh, listener Heather sent this in a few weeks ago, maybe even a few months ago now. Um, and it's funny. She, this is one that I've noticed, too. And she writes, um, "This I think this is for a pharmaceutical called Alsamra. It's actually Balsamra, mm-hmm. uh, something similar. But the words sleep and awake are weird, creepy, pet-like animations. Oh, they, yeah. They kind of look like uh, like cats. I know this one, yeah. They're very feline. Like sleep is elusive, sort of. Yeah, and it's like it's kind of hiding. Um uh, they, she, they, the lie, lie awake is a dog and sleep is a cat. And she says, they are horrifying. Um, this ad would give me nightmare insomnia. And I think it is, uh, I think it is to get me to try this product to sleep and no, just no. And she says, am I the only one who finds this ad really creepy and really terrifying? I'm not going to play it because I'm pretty sure that it's all visual and we'll it's just going to be that, vo- the, yeah, that voice of that guy yeah. listing all the ways this could kill you. But I know that ad. It is a li- I think it's a little creepy. I feel like it's on the bubble. Um, I love I love cats. Um, I have a sort of instinctive, uh, uh, you know, affinity or affection for something that's cat like. And I find both the and they're very hairy. They're animated. They look real. And I think they're mm-hmm. in a they're in a scene with a real human. So they're these CG yeah. CG like animated words with a real human. Uh, and they're very furry looking. Um, they both look feline to me, and um, once she takes the uh, uh, balsamra, the sleep animal uh, gets like very cuddly with her and mm-hmm. will like cuddle up in bed with her. And then when she's uh, and then during the day, the awake animal will like trot along beside her. Mm. Um, and it's what I would like is a drug for our cats that would actually make them do those things. Yeah, it's too bad uh, that we don't have that. That would be nice. Uh, but I actually find them kind of charming, but I can understand why they're on the bubble for people. And mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of, you could tip one way or the other. So uh, ad council, if you have a strong opinion about the Belsamra, uh, sleep and awake animals, I'll post it to the Facebook. Let me know what you think. And um, I just have a couple more here that I was just going to mention quickly that, again, we don't have to play the audio of because I'm pretty sure that the audio is uh, – just whatever it doesn't illustrate our point but um we can't have this conversation without mentioning what we talked about in our very 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 first episode i th- was our very first episode or episode number two that's gross i think it was number two okay so our fitting appropriately enough see how dirty you are uh, <laughs> just, that's like third grade i, I know that was the joke um but uh we mentioned those movantic commercials as one like i think they are the the patron saint of gross commercials yeah. for this podcast, the Movantic commercials. If you guys don't know, what we're talking about it's it's the woman who has um, uh, constipation from using opioids or what they call opioid induced constipation, I guess OIC. And you're seeing a, I mean, that's whatever. We don't have to get into this again. We talked about it, um, you know, months ago. But you see in increase in doctors prescribing pain medication and opioids and what is that leading to it's leading to people who can't shit because that's what opioids do to you so now they're making more drugs specifically for that kind of constipation it's just it's really funny to see or or maybe not funny to see how that's all working out but in these particular ads they're illustrating this woman's uh, uh constipation by showing her kind of walking around lugging this giant overstuffed suitcase (laughs) that you assume is just like her bulging bowels just filled with like you know it's upsetting it's upsetting and then another one that i find upsetting and maybe unless you had anything to to add because we can leave it here is the um zyphazan god if you could use these names in scrabble 
you would have so many points. That's true. Um, but that's the large intestine. It's like a spokes critter sort of, only mm-hmm. it doesn't actually talk. But like, I think they had a Super Bowl ad this year they where did. the large intestine was just like in the bleachers, like cheering on the football team. Yeah. And it's just like, and then all of a sudden, oh, this is for, we should mention, this is for, I guess, kind of Crohn's disease again, mm-hmm. right? Like if you, is there a bathroom nearby? Which um, again, like that's a horrible thing to have to live with. We've known people who have done that. But like the way they illustrate it with this like, yeah, again, in no way am I do we intend to imply that the butt of the joke should is the sufferer. I sometimes I think that the drug companies go overboard with their desire to be literal in their illustration of what their products do. Yeah, exactly. Like if you if you have Crohn's disease, you know what your situation is. Right, right. But you know, they have to make them effective in some way. So anyway, you know, I just think that this is a huge conversation. I know that it's something that everybody really wants to talk about. So I'm sure there's a million ads out there that you guys are thinking yeah, of right send now. Us the ones Just send that, it to us. Send like, us the ones that have like that you can't stop thinking about. And even if you can't, when find you're the lying link. awake at night wishing that the sleep animal would come, <laughs> right, and with your restless legs. Um, <laughs> And even if you can't find the link, I mean, a lot of us have seen these. Just send us the description of it or whatever. Which ones are the ones that you really stand out to you? Either because you like them, they're clever, or because you just find them awful or they stand out in some way. And again, it's uh, after these messages show at Gmail, or you can post them to our Facebook page. Generally, we'll be posting a, 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 a big post with all the links to all these ads. You can just kind of uh, comment there. Do whatever you want. It's social media. All right, let's move on and talk about this um, ad that you sent me today, Genevieve. This national feeling is good. Like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. But it won't count for much, and it won't last, unless it's grounded in thoughtfulness and knowledge. You gotta see this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Oh. It's time to realize, I think, that we need God more than he needs us. I don't bring God into that picture. Use of force is always and only a last resort. I would bomb the shit out of him. GOP delegates, choose your values, follow your conscience. That's what the So that is an yeah, so that is an And that ad. was Saint Ronnie in case you couldn't <laughs> yeah, tell the, from the voice. Um Ronald Reagan juxtaposed against Donald Trump. And, you know, that's notable because, yes, it's, pol- it's politics season, but it's notable because those are conservative voters running an ad against Trump, uh, again, aimed at the delegates, hoping that maybe there would be a, a kind of an 11th hour uh, decision to not back Trump at the convention. Yes, there is actually a movement. I think it is uh, a long shot, but not a moonshot to uh, deny him the nomination at the convention by changing the rules to allow on the first ballot. I know this isn't a political show, but mm-hmm. to allow on the first ballot um, all of these dele- delegates to be unbound from voting for the majority, you know, for Trump uh, to vote for their conscience. And of course, the pro- one of the chief problems with that plan is that there is no obvious candidate to transfer those votes to. Right. That, that is a problematic. I mean, they've asked me to throw my hat in the ring. I'm considering it, but it's a, it's a long shot. I have very little, uh, very little experience in politics. And frankly, I don't even read the newspaper as much as I should. So I don't know. I'm just considering at this point. But to go back to that commercial really quickly, I think that you know what's notable about it is – Again, these are conservatives aiming at another conservative, but they're using the same tactic that the liberals are, which is simply using Trump's own words against him. It's yeah. jujitsu, right? It's like – it's just – is that the right way to say that word? I always mess it up. Yeah. Um, but it's just like just totally using – just leveraging his power against him. Yeah. I mean I think – I mean it's it's 
no surprise that Ronald Reagan would be the uh, the counterpoint, right? That uh, I mean, Ronald mm-hmm. Reagan has been so deified by the right um, that it's just total orthodoxy now to kind of genuflect to Reagan. Um, but and and those were good Reagan quotes, and it reminded you like why Reagan was mm-hmm. so successful. I mean. I think Reagan was a disaster in a lot of ways, but rhetorically and and in terms of his presentation, he did have a statesmanlike appeal and he did have a great, uh, he had great speech writers and he, he knew how to give a good speech mm-hmm. and he knew how to... He was speak. an actor. He had a total, uh, he, he was incredibly uh, able and, and uh, talented at making a rhetorical point and bringing people along. And I mean, I think it's really telling that not only... Do, do, is, are the things that Reagan's saying diametrically opposed to what Trump, to the content of what Trump is saying, but the way in which they, he says those things, they picked some very statesman-like quotes mm-hmm. and then they have, you know, Trump saying like, I'd bomb the shit out of them. Like right. he's so, he's so crass. Right. He's so, uh, just, you know, revolting in his whole presentation, never mind his actual content. Right. And the whole point, and, and yes, the, Obvious message is we can't let this guy um, run our nation, be the head of our party, but it's also reminding people, what are we about? This is an identity crisis in the party. Is this what our party is? Look what our party was at its its high point, I guess it would be the the Reagan uh, conservatives, and then saying, like, who who are we? And that's what they're trying to stir up there. But it's such, you know, it's such a weird concept as an ad because, yes, they have, they're going with Reagan, right? Right. He's but Reagan's dead. I mean, who are they going to vote for? Reagan zombie corpse? Like, I mean, there's a, that's a meme now. Like, zombie Reagan is their mm. only hope. And I think it's really telling that they could not come up with anything else to compare Trump to or contrast Trump well, with. I think, that was more like future looking. I think that, with all due respect, you might be reading into it a little bit much because I'm sure I'm going to I'm googling something here. I could be wrong, but I'm sure that there is a Romney Reagan commercial. Like everybody's always trying to invoke uh, here Romney's Reagan ad of 2012. Yeah, but, but that's totally different because Romney was saying I'm like Reagan right. vote for me. What is the message of this unbind the delegates ad other than it is we are like Reagan. This guy is not. Then what's the instruction to the delegates? To to uh, not to I guess sit out the first round and then vote somebody in the second round, right? But we don't. You're saying your point is they don't have a candidate. I don't even think it's that. I think it's don't vote for Trump at all. They they want to unbind them in the first round, which but rep, nevertheless, okay. regardless, they're saying don't do X, don't vote for Trump. What are they saying to vote for? Well, that I guess remains to be seen. I don't think that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's an issue with the commercial so much as an issue with the you know the reality. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a reflection of the reality. But if I were a commercial maker, if I were trying to um, motivate the delegates to do something, I think I might try to have more than a "don't do X" plan. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, which is why they find themselves. Let's just come back to the actual. Let's come back to the actual commercials because what I think is interesting about it is again that idea of just like all you have to do with this guy is use his own words. And I was like so head over heels with these two ads that Hillary Clinton and it was not a super pack. It was actually Hillary Clinton's campaign released two ads, a one-two punch. The morning after Trump locked up the nomination, and again, well, the first one uses Trump's words against him. This is about 90 seconds. I'm going to play the whole thing. It starts by with just the words um, on the screen that says Republicans just nominated Donald Trump to be the leader of their party. 
A vote for Donald Trump is a vote for... They're bringing for... drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. I'll use the word anchor, baby. This is a country where we speak English, not Spanish. You're going to have a deportation force. I will get rid of gun-free zones on schools. My first day, it gets signed. A total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. Do you still believe that Muslims should be banned from entering the country until we can figure out what's going on, as you've said? Yes, we have to find out what the hell is going on. What do you think of what I said? It's fine. And if we want to go stronger, I'd go stronger, too. When you get these terrorists, you have to take out their families. Bomb the shit out of them. Maybe Syria yeah, should be a again. free zone for ISIS. Can you the tell game. the Middle East we're not using a nuclear weapon? I would never anybody? say that. I would never take any of my cards off the table. How about Europe? I, I'm not going to take it off the table. You might use in Europe? He appeared to mock a reporter with a disability. Uh, I don't remember! Planned Parenthood should absolutely be defunded. How do you ban abortion? You'll go back to a position like they had, where people will perhaps go to illegal places. Should the woman be punished for having an abortion? There has to be some form of punishment. Will you condemn David Duke and say that you don't want his vote or other white supremacists? I don't know anything about white supremacists. Okay, listen, we all get it. It just goes on and on and on. Everybody Um, should know. Everyone should have to hear all of this and be reminded every day of the remaining uh, campaign season that that is – that's the – the standard bearer now for the Republican Party. So that's the first commercial that came out, and that I, I just thought I was just like, oh my god! I remember watching that on my phone. I'm, the morning I woke up, it, uh, he had, uh, Trump had just locked up the nomination. I'm just like, oh, that is so masterful! Like it was really good. But it was only one of two that they released the same morning. The second one doesn't use Trump's words against him, but of course, the primary is now officially over. All they did was take all of the things that his fellow conservatives had said about him. Yeah, all of his all the people he was running against in the debates um, outside of debates but then also people like Romney and people And this that is trust. kind of a time-honored tactic that happens even in a normal even in a normal primary season where there's a primary there's a contested you know a nomination or not contested in the sense of a contested convention but there is a contest for the nomination and of course in any primary you know candidates uh, say negative things about their primary uh, 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 opponents, right. even though they're in the same party, and it then comes back to bite them. So there's always, uh, you know, and I think the Democrats have been better at this at not making it so vicious yes. that it's really a lot of like, yes. you know, guns loaded for the right. for the general. Yeah, I mean, it, well, this last but election this cycle has been crazy because the on charts. the Democratic yeah. side, like I'll that first debate between. Um, well, there were four of them at the time, but between uh, Bernie and Hillary, I thought it was so awesome. I can't remember where that one was, but you know, they're like, "Hey, Bernie, you want to say anything about her email server?" And he's like, "No, I don't." Like, that's yeah. not a story, and you know it. And like, things got a little bit more vicious as it went down the line. And there were some reports that his campaign actually kind of regretted that not taking a harder stand on that earlier on because maybe he could have won. But generally speaking, I was so proud of having a party where they had a debate where there was some real vigorous disagreement about issues without getting nasty and stupid and talking and without about, arming like, the other side and arming the other side from like a strategic point. Yes. And also just from a civility standpoint. Anyway, I want to play this one or at least part of this one that was uh, just all of the, all of the, and again, these aren't all opponents. This is also Romney just like sticking his neck out there and talking about how much he hates Donald Trump. Man, can I just quickly say I've, I don't have a ton of respect for Romney, and he deserved to lose, uh, which he did. I will say he has taken a principled stance in his never Trumpism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's at he's least a, it's consistent. He's not backing down. Let's take a listen to a bit of this. I'm a unifier. We're going to be a unified party. 
a unified party? He is a con artist. A phony. Donald Trump is the know-nothing candidate. Donald is a bully. This is an individual who mocked a disabled reporter. Ah, I don't remember! Who attributed a reporter's questions to her menstrual cycle. Blood coming out of her, wherever. The most vulgar person ever aspired to the presidency. The man who seems to only feel big when he's trying to make other people look small. Don't worry about it, little Marco. Gentlemen, the man is utterly amoral. The sign of deep insecurity and weakness. The bullying, the greed, the showing off. I'm really rich. The misogyny, the absurd third grade theatrics. Count to ten, Donald. Count to ten. He's a race baiting. This is really well put together as a montage. Like, when to choose to put like Trump's own words in there, juxtaposed against these guys. The balls on Romney talking about greed. To keep our country safe. This guy is so unfit to be commander in chief. His domestic policies would lead to recession. His foreign policies would make America and the world less safe. I bring people together. Yes, as well. He's right about that. Uh, anyway, again, just uh, I, I think a, I'm not just playing. I know you're playing this because you just want to bash on Trump. But I actually think that those Hillary campaigns are re- those two ads from the her campaign are really, really good. No, I think that since since she's locked up the nomination and uh, and and Elizabeth Warren has really come out swinging and they you know, the first thing that she did when she locked up the nomination was tweet at Trump, delete your account. That's become uh, you know, that's been memefied. Mm-hmm. That's become a shorthand. Like it's, it's become slang now. I mean, delete your account is the new sort of like, uh, I don't know her, you know, I mean, right, it's great. Right. It's a, it's great shade. I think, I think that they, I think her marketing and her, her, her dent, her tone deaf ear or someone on her, someone on her team has a, has a, an ear that's improving. And I think those ads mm-hmm. are great examples of that. Um, by the way, just I didn't. I'm the one who didn't want to get too much into politics here, but um, I do see that he actually is tweeting again. You said delete yeah. your account. He did not tweet for like almost 24 hours. People today are saying it's because he brought in that uh, that Miller guy, right? Exactly, yeah. his new communications person. Which, by the way, ever, ever since the um, we're, we're uh, recording, well, we're recording this on the same day we're posting, and it's Tuesday, so the day that that unfortunate bombing in, in Turkey happened. So I see that Trump is behind his Twitter machine again, uh, tweeting about that. I'm sure he's got a lot of interesting things to say. But what I was going to say, speaking of um, people kind of having to eat their words, like those Republicans right there um, who are saying horrible things about Trump, some of them have now backed Trump because he's the presumptive nominee. And uh, namely, um, his communications, I don't remember the new communications czar uh, for something him. Mil- something Miller. Or I not, can't think of Yeah, czar, communications, whatever guy from um, that guy. Did you see he had to go back and delete a bunch of tweets? Because he used to work for the Cruz campaign. So okay. he had a bunch of tweets in his feed that were just talking about what a scumbag Trump is and then he had to go and delete it. But that's not about commercials, is it? Yeah, it's marketing. <laughs> do you want to you want to uh, check in with the ad council now? Let's do it. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, Vives, what's everybody saying? Well, the people are talking at us. Um, one of the one of the things we heard from uh, we heard about after last week's show was a response to that confusing Volvo ad. Um, so, oh my goodness, it yes. was confusing, right? Yes, and I don't. I we have both a lot more information, but I think also it potentially adds to the com- some to the confusion. Um, f- so, for a quick recap, the the ad we played last week uh, is a, a a set of four people in a car in a Volvo. Uh, a woman, a middle-aged woman, is driving. Uh, a man who is middle-aged to elderly is sitting yeah. behind her. 
some other person is sitting next to her, a younger man, and then a silent other young man is sitting in the other seat. And I don't even know if we see in the, yeah, in the other in the other back seat. And we never even really see his face. I don't think right. We just he see it's just, a yeah, guy no. or something. Yeah. And uh, the only thing, the only actions that really happen in the in the story of the ad are um, they they clearly are returning from a wedding or driving away from a wedding. The person in the passenger seat turns on his fancy camera. We see a couple of shots of the wedding, including the old man toasting. Uh, when the when the driver, when the woman driver uh, sees the photo, it moves her to turn on the radio or turn on the the stereo. A song that obviously has meaning for the for the family starts playing, and we see the man behind her kind of hold his wedding ring. Uh, Thoughtfully, contempt, yeah, contempt, right, yeah. uh, contemplatively, and put his hand on the shoulder of the woman driving. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that happens, and it's clearly this family has like they are a family of some kind, but it's very hard to tell what all the relationships are because of like the weird ages and ethnicities. Yeah, because if she's middle aged, it's a very young looking middle aged, and if he's middle aged, then he's a very old looking middle aged. I thought that he could have been her father. Well, so there is a there is actually this is part of a series of commercials. I'm now learning. Um, there is uh, there's another ad where it's just the guy with the camera in this passenger seat and he's sitting next to the guy who is it now becomes clear as the groom and so and they have in the and it says like uh this volvo can carry two passenger four passengers or two passengers and a thousand flowers so they're driving to the wedding the groom has his what i think is his best man and it's a thousand and a bunch of flowers in the back seat now is that the same guy who's in the back seat no, no. After, oh i was gonna say the groom wouldn't be with the fa- this it's, is just a totally new character who's clearly the groom who's clearly the groom okay so with that context there is an extended version of the one that we saw with a whole bunch of stuff beforehand and i think it's mostly audio uh mostly what you're going to be hearing is the old man pre- rehearsing he's sitting in his volvo um, and he's rehearsing the speech that he will give at his daughter's wedding, like okay. the toast. Okay. I remember you were 10 years old, and I was, I, I drove you to summer camp. It was just the two of us. This is all beautiful, by the way. When I was dropping you off, you had this smile, this... this same smile I see today. I drove for about two minutes and I had to pull over. I was crying so much that uh, I couldn't see the road. And I thought to myself, you're in for it now. The reason I'm telling you this is that there will be moments in your life that you'll never be ready for. You will just not be ready for could you give me some warning if a commercial is going to make me cry I know, on the pretty, air? It's pretty. You feel the feels. You feel the feels. <laughs> Your little girl getting married, being one of them. And I'm still not ready. I guess this is where I'm supposed to give you advice on marriage. You see, in the beginning, when you're first starting out. Everything's exciting. Your potential is unlimited. Exploding with possibilities. Simply because of the person sitting beside you right now. And you found a guy like Jacob, a good man. It won't always be easy. There will be days 
You'll make mistakes. Sometimes love won't be enough. You'll have to make the decision to not give up on each other. That won't always be your first instinct. But I promise you, it will be worth it. So now we're back to the uh, part of the commercial, but it, but keep keep watching okay. it. This is the part of the commercial that we all saw before, where they're in the car. That was a great speech, Mister B. That's camera guy. Thanks, Toby. And now we get the knowing look from the woman in the front seat, who's clearly his wife yes. now. I think that Toby is the best man. Yes. And there's still some just dude in the back seat. I don't know who dude in the back seat is. Okay, that's probably it, right? Yeah, I think that, I think it just okay, peters good. out after that. Wow, that was really moving, man. I know, it's really good and I think Holy it's it's part of this cow. this series and it, it's extreme it's beautifully shot. Um obviously they spent a ton of dough to make this like these really great shots. And it does tell you more about the story. Yeah. I think um, it's very clear now, right? I think so. So I think that here's the thing. I think they made a weird mistake by making the the father of the bride look so old. I think you shave that you shave the yeah. beard off that guy. He's a handsome middle-aged yeah. guy who's a much more natural like visual fit for the right. woman who's driving. He looks because he has a gray beard, he looks like just a lot older than her, but when you hear him talk, he seems much younger. Right. Um but so that's my interpretation is that this is the parents of the bride the 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 best man who has the photos and then rando in the back seat right and so okay right now i i can tell from your tone of voice that you have some more theories to lay on us but from what i just saw that now seems very obvious to me and mm-hmm. assuming that we are right about that i think there's a couple of mistakes here number one having a rando in the back seat right it's clearly very confusing when you only see the when you don't see any of the preamble which is some of the most beautiful words i've heard in advertising in a long time you cut all that and then you're only going to play the part that is inexplicable so anyway let's just say they need to do that number one you just have an extra person in the back seat so we don't know who anybody's relationship is not that everything has to be cliche in commercials but if you're going to be doing a very minimalistic commercial you need to give signifiers and usually couples sit either in the front seat together or the back seat together why is he sitting behind her they should have had him in the passenger seat photographer guy could have been in the back seat where where the old man was sitting and the other guy whether it's a brother a boyfriend whoever it is to his you know could have also been the back seat this nameless character absolutely i think i think they they made the father look too old and they put them in the wrong seats that could be the photographer's boyfriend in the back seat. Yeah, that's fine. It may be, but it's irrelevant because he doesn't really have a right. role. Right. Like that could it could be like two couples, but if that is the case, they're sitting in the wrong seats. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to first say thank you to Jennifer who posted that to our Facebook page yeah. for 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 sharing the extended version. Um, and then we had a couple of listener theories who may or may not have seen the extended version. I or at least listener listener Jesse saw the extended version and she says front seat guy Toby front seat guy Toby calls the dad Mr. B. So he can't be the bride's brother. And I agree. Right, of course, yeah. Um, and at, one, at at a minute 19, they show backseat guy and Toby in the car together. And I think backseat guy is supposed to be the bride's brother and Toby is his 
husband. I'm unclear on. I don't know if I totally agree with that because I couldn't get a good look at backseat guy. Yeah, I read the the scene where the two men are in the car with the flowers as the because when when uh, when the father says Jake is a great guy, mm-hmm. meaning the husband of the her, his daughter or the fiance of his daughter, mm-hmm. that's when they show the guys in the car, Toby mm-hmm. and driver guy, and neither one are backseat guy. I'm not 100% sure. It was. It is a white guy, but I mm-hmm. don't know if it was backseat guy. Clearly, if it's backseat guy, they don't have the groom with them in the car. So maybe it's Toby's partner. But I thought like the other guy with Toby was the groom with his best man. Right. Who is the photographer? Well, no, you wouldn't have the... But just someone who took pictures. Oh, okay. I yeah. don't think Toby's the photographer. Toby is like a friend of the family okay. Okay. who has a nice camera. A very nice camera. Um, okay, so that's one theory. That's listener Jesse. Thank you. Uh, this is from listener Brian who wrote in, and he says, I think the bearded dude is married to the driver. Check. Yes, okay. I think we all agree on that. I think I also think the photographer is his son and maybe hers as well, but I disagree. He says Mr. I think he hasn't yeah. seen the extended version. Yeah. From the picture on the camera where beard dad is toasting, uh, they presumably just gave the daughter away because, hello, the patriarchy still sells cars, right? <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Ooh, hot take, Brian. Brian, let's hang out. <laughs> um, anyway, he has taken off his ring and is reflecting on the marriage and family and how awesome Volvos are. <laughs> she plays their song from their own wedding. And he touches her shoulder to share the moment. I agree. <laughs> that moment where they're reflecting God. on marriage and like family to, and how like awesome Volvos are. How awesome Volvos are. <laughs> and then he finishes, but good Lord, I had to watch the ad twice to get that far. And I'm not sure I'm right. And I literally said, what the fuck? The first time I watched it. Bad job, ad folks. <laughs> so I would say bad job, ad folks, except that we have given them so much free press. And I got to say, I mean, that, that that was incredibly moving. I mean, that is such a it's raining on my face ad. Like, And I, I got to say, yeah. when you see the whole three-minute thing, I actually think it's really well done. I just can't believe that that's the part that they – that they excerpted, and maybe there were, maybe we just missed the phenomenon where they were airing the 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 practicing of the of the toast. But like that is so goddamn moving. I it is. I it is interesting. I think that they are deliberately being elliptical and trying to pique our curiosity. I love you, Genevieve. That ad just reminded me that oh. I should tell you that from time to time. Oh well, I love you too. Thank you. Um, so moving on. Um, Last week, Andrew and I were sitting around, I think I was just on Twitter, and Ad Week um, posted uh, a link to um, an ad for this uh, camera, uh, one of those, like, it's, it's a, I think it's a device, actually, that you can use with your camera that allows you to take 360-degree photos. Oh, yeah. And it's called 360 Fly. Right. And this was an ad that has got, been getting some attention, negative and positive, um, that uh, that plays on Trump and his plan to build a wall. So why don't you play it, and I'll narrate it a little bit as we go along, just because some of the visuals uh, matter. That's right. This is the one that, when you said we talked about it, I was confused. We talked about it off the air. We you talked and about I it off the air. And then, yeah, okay. Yeah, so we haven't talked about this on air, but okay. this, is, this, is a, this is one of the first commercials or only commercials that I've heard of or seen where it's for just an you know a product, but it uses a Trump parody to right. specifically sell something. So this is like a big rally at the wall. At, right? This is yeah, Trump's been elected in this scenario. He's standing at the wall at the border wall between the U.S. and Mexico, and there's a great big wall that says like America has been made great again or something. Yeah, and there's a bunch of people in the crowd holding signs that say "Adios" and, and wall, "Wall equals good." Wall equals good. Okay, so I'll, you want me to hit play on this now? Yeah. Okay. 
So now the main character in the commercial turns on his little device that can get 360. And there's a hole that has been dug under the wall and a mariachi guy comes out, a whole mariachi band comes out of the hole. Now like... Uh, a Mexican woman in a kind of a maid's outfit, yeah, like a housekeeping outfit. A guy like in sort of a, like a cowboy hat. Somebody like uh, jetpacks over the wall. Meanwhile, Trump's bloviating, but we're seeing all of these Mexican people uh, defeating the wall. But they're pretty stereotype yeah. Mexican people. As it goes on. A churro, a churro yeah. cart is being pulled out. As it goes on, you see some nor- some somewhat just normal looking people. But the fact that the very first person you see come out is a, is a mariachi guy or old mariachi band. And then the second person to come out is somebody who's a housekeeper. Yeah. And then, and then, like you said, and then, a like an agricultural, and a churro card, an agricultural yeah. worker. I mean, it's like, it's just, I, I mean, Trump, I think, is the main butt of the joke. Of but really, basically, no one looks great here. No, it's supposed to be. I mean, clearly, the people who made this think that they're just punching at Trump and would be probably anti-wall and and probably, I guess, pro Mexico at least in that or pro immigration reform. I that's, don't know. I don't want. I think guess. that's giving them too much. You credit. think so? Because I, that is really effing insulting. It is. So, and actually, so Ad uh, Age covered this as well, and um, the, the I think this was one of those like trolling ads where they intentionally mm. made it offensive because basically no networks have agreed to air it. Oh, really? Um, so I think that they were basically sort of shooting, trying to shoot the moon in that sense. Oh. Um, so I, we posted it. So I, I was sort of on the fence about it. I, I found it, my gut reaction was to be offended. I think yours was too, Andrew. Mm-hmm. My gut reaction is always to be offended. Right. But it's safe, better safe than sorry. Right. Uh, but we actually put it to the to the Ad Council on, on uh, Twitter and we got a few uh, a few tweets back at us. Um, I, we heard from... Um, Ziziva. This is my favorite part where you try to read oh, people's uh, Twitter handles. Well, I'm not doing the. I'm doing the whatever your like name is, right? Okay. Not your at thing. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I'm an old. No, I'm not. There's. I don't know what I would do either. When people don't put their real names yeah. on their twitters, what do you want us to do? So from Ziziva, uh, he or she says deaf deaf flip, but I don't think racist. He talks about no more mariachis, and that's who comes out first. So he is, oh, it is, I mean, it is like says, a direct oh, counterpoint see. to his I did kind of. Script. Okay. Still Nevertheless. Though. And then, but then the other, the other two folks we heard from, uh, Ian says, have to agree. Yes. Very tone deaf. And from Fetwalp, he writes, or she writes, you're being very generous by calling it a little racist. Uh, the second the sombrero appeared, it got racist. It got real racist real fast, yeah. So opinions vary, I think. Um, it does tick me off to know, though, that they knew that. Yeah. When you showed that to me, I didn't know that it wasn't airing. I, I thought that it was just like an ad that was airing, and I hadn't seen it during Murder, She Wrote. But um, the fact uh, – yeah, I, that whole thing – about creating a commercial that is controversial just so that, you know, I wouldn't even say people like us talk about it. I don't think there's a lot of podcasts where people are talking about uh, commercials, but, you I know. But I like, always say we're the only one. Yeah, exactly. Although, can I just, I was reading one thing yesterday that I want to um, see if I can uh, 
pull out of the air and tell you. So um, right now at Cannes, there is, didn't it just end like the kind of um, television commercial or I guess all advertising Cannes festival just happened recently? You and I were talking oh, yeah, about Can that. Li- right? yeah. I don't know if it's Leon or Lions, but Cannes Lions. Yeah, and um, there was one ad campaign that had won a prize, but they had to take it back because it turned out that it was like, and apparently this happens a lot, it's like a pay-to-play ad where the um, ad agency actually approached the client and said, we'll pay you if you just let us run this ad that we created for you because we think it's really clever and it could win us the coveted golden lion. It won't really help you market your product. (laughs) Right. What is the uh, coveted? uh, It's the coveted uh, golden crying monkey award. Yeah. Yeah. We want to win the coveted crying monkey award. And so technically it runs for a couple of days or a week or something, but the client actually got paid to let yeah. the ad agency run it so they they stripped this award as from they them. should because that's not the point if yeah. you want if you want to if you want to be a filmmaker go make films isn't that interesting yeah that is interesting uh do you remember the product or the ad campaign you know and you know campaign? what i think that so the the a festival must um celebrate all advertising cuz i don't i think it was a print ad mm-hmm. possibly um and the the company it was for something you know, if you if you can remind me, I'll I'll look it up. I don't want to do it now, and I'll, I'll bring it back up in Ad Council next week. Great. It was a company you would have heard of. Um, speaking of things that everyone has heard of, <laughs> nice. I'm high fiving you over that. That was a good transition. Um, we have yet another Colonel Sanders, and a couple of people oh, uh, sent this to us. Thank I can't you. do this anymore. I know. God, uh, like another week, another Colonel Sanders. Like you yeah. said. Uh, thank you to Jill and DJ for flagging this. Um, this is not the new Colonel Sanders. This is a new Colonel Sanders because now they're now they're proliferating. Oh, we have a whole bunch of them out this there, is like for in the crispy pin- chicken, like in the pinball game when all the balls come out at once. I guess so. Yes, um, I guess that's an apt metaphor. Uh, so for those uh, for those who who don't know uh, who George Hamilton is. Uh, he's oh, yeah, yes. He's kind That's of, right. You mentioned this to me this week, and I totally forgot about he it. He is probably the most famous for being tan. I'll tell you when I first became aware yes. of George Hamilton when I was a teenager, and I I'd never heard of him, and I somehow stumbled onto the movie Zorro the Gay Blade. Oh yeah, is a great. It's like a parody movie about Zorro, but it's play, he's played by George Hamilton, and he's just. <laughs> fabulously gay oh my god i'm looking at this now so this is this for crispy chicken is because nuts. he is so he is always very he's always extra crispy he's so crispy himself yeah. all right let me uh let me play this cold and but hope I, that there I is i think a- gaffigan is still technically in the role i see so yeah but oh this is so weird this is like it's weird that there's just a bunch of um a bunch of colonel sanders just bopping around again i'm not necessarily against it but i do think that that tape we played last week although it wasn't said explicitly did kind of prove that they did not know that they were going to go in this direction that it was supposed to be daryl hammond and now they're just kind of like just getting tons of press by being so weird well as as uh, jill wrote um apparently it's the hot gig for actors of a certain age yeah i guess so here let's uh, take a listen to this hey there folks it's me, the extra crispy colonel. Now, I love original recipe, but in this sizzling summer heat, I'm feeling a little extra crispy. My extra crispy $20 fill-up is freshly double-breaded and fried. It's not to a bad idea, the extra crispy rides. colonel. Extra crispy isn't just a product, it's a lifestyle. KFC. <laughs> It's extra crispy. At the end, he like, what does he do? He leans on uh, something that crumbles underneath him. Um, 
that I kind of like that. I got to say, at work, I'm, I really want some chicken now. Oh, I don't God, me often, too. Like, we had a, a party this uh, weekend. A bunch of people came over, and somebody brought a... I was grilling away, and I was, like, frantically grilling. And then one person just brought a big bucket of Colonel Sanders chicken or some sort of fried chicken. And I was like, oh, God, as soon as I get a break, I'm going to eat the hell out of that. And then I turn around what seemed like 30 seconds later, and it was all gone. Yeah, that's fried chicken for you. Oh, anyway. Okay, anything else? Yeah, uh, just a couple more real quick here. Um, listener Caroline wrote in about uh, – so we, we talked about uh, needless innovations, particularly uh, yeah. for, like, cars and razors and things. Um, and she wrote, uh, here's one for car innovation that didn't last. My in-laws had one of these transmissions way back when, when I started dating my husband. And she says, for the record, I was born well before this car was made. I'm not that old. This is for a 56 Chevy. Well, after. Well, after. Oh, what did I say before? before yeah. Forgive me. Well, after <laughs> this car was made. Uh, so this is for a classic 56 Chevy with the fins and everything. Okay. Uh, why don't you give it a play? Okay. How do you drive a magic carpet? You drive it with a wish. How do you drive a magic car? You drive it with a touch. The magic touch of the dynamic new Dodge for 56. The car born of success to challenge the future. The car with the look of success with distinctive jet fin styling. The power of success surging new breakaway power in the greatest Dodge engine ever created. The new 230 horsepower Red Ram V8. And the feel of success with Dodge Magic Touch push-button control. You just touch and go. What? And so what I found so interesting about this is that she says this is one that didn't last. But have you got, have you driven a new car lately? Because all you do is push a button to start it. Is the, wait, is that what the push button was? It starts the car or it gives it gas to start moving forward? I think it starts the car or puts it in the right, puts it in no, gear. No, look at the buttons. There are four buttons. One says N for neutral. One says D for drive. And then one says R and one says L, which so, seems like left and right to me, although the configuration is odd. Um well, it would be neutral, reverse. Oh, neutral, reverse, drive, drive and, and then... I don't know what L is. Low yeah. gear, I guess. Okay, I gotcha. So it, what this is doing is this is the... Auto, this is the it's, a, okay. it's an automatic... It's one of the... It's an early automatic right. transmission. Right, it, I guess it's like sort of a, a, a transitional technology between a manual and a fully automatic. Right, right. But it's funny because, yeah, the, this exact thing didn't last, but a sort of push-button technology, we've come back around to it. Because yeah. now the way you start like a, a really new car is you just press the button. Yeah. You know what I miss is the um, – and it's not three on the tree because that's actually a, a manual transmission. But um, the uh, the automatic transmissions of the cars that I grew up with that my parents drove, the, the – um, to call it a gear shift isn't the right word because it's automatic, but whatever. It wasn't in the middle of the console. It was on the neck of the steering oh, wheel. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that would just put the it in, like, drive. Whatever, right. Yeah. That's, that's how a lot of cars the, I learned to drive Yeah, on now they're all, you know, like the, the, the kind of the gear stick kind of thing is like kind of between you and the passenger. But I drove, uh, when we first started dating, this would have been 15 years ago, you and I, uh, or my, I was driving a what? It was a 1983 or 86? 83 olds. 83 olds, that's right. Because um, I had an 86 Dodge Caravan before that. But anyway, um, that thing was, well, 
not without its problems, but I loved the interior and I loved having that the stick on the steering wheel to yeah. change from drive. No, it was an automatic transmission. It was an automatic, shifting. right? Yeah, exactly. But it was, it was on the it was on the tree there, for lack of a better word. Okay, any hoozle. Um, all right, one more, one more. This is from listener Dave, and uh, Dave has been listening for the for a long time. He's been listening to the the show, I think, since its inception. Uh, and he says he's been waiting to he's been wanting to write in and wanting to write in and just hasn't gotten around to it. So this is going to take us way back to a commercial we talked about um, when we first started. I think it was um, I forget what what our theme was, but it was we talked about the Foster Farms chickens and how we found it grotesque. Oh yeah, they were advertising their own demise. Right? That they're advertising that they're begging to. It was a, a sort of puppet style like almost muppety looking chickens right in a natural herb store trying to get fit enough to become foster farms chickens, right 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 which we found sort of macabre then they tear off my wings and legs <laughs> how is that as an good thing i'm dead <laughs> yeah we uh, so Dave writes, Dave has a different perspective on it. Um, he writes, in the early episodes, uh, you talked at length, thanks, I think it was at the right amount of length, Dave, <laughs> uh, about the Foster Farms chicken ads, uh, and more generally, the weird personification of animals that we are about to eat. That, in my mind, is the brilliance of the Foster Farms campaign. They are simultaneously giving us cute, albeit unhealthy or dirty, characters to identify with but also making those characters not good enough to be the Foster Farms chickens that you actually buy and consume. Uh, It's creating a perception of quality uh, while never actually showing the viewer anything that we will actually eat. They are so clearly puppets, so it's less unappetizing. They aren't humanizing the Foster Farms chickens. They're humanizing the shittier birds. (laughs) They aren't even good enough to be Foster Farms. That's true. It's true, but But I still... But you're still thinking like, oh, but I'm eating chickens. Yeah, like, oh, chickens have thoughts and feelings, and like they are being killed. Yeah. So... Um, Well, I appreciate appreciate the the point, and I think that it it is a point to make. It is true. We're not seeing the chickens that are going to get killed, and uh, for our pleasure, but I, it's still, f- f- at least from my personal experience, I see those ads and it reminds me that by eating chicken, I'm basically killing something that could otherwise be kind of cute. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, as always, please contact us. Please write in. Um, you can reach us on email at uh, after these messages show at Gmail. Uh, Facebook is after these messages show on Facebook. Um, and our voicemail line is uh oh, where is it? It's always, <laughs> always just, just out of reach. Six oh seven four 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 fifty five ninety seven. 607-444-5597. Leave us a voicemail. We want to hear your your beautiful voices. All right, anything else? Not from me. All right, let's get out of here. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next Tuesday. Cool AD, nothing new to the kid. What can you do to the kid? Totally stupid and sick. No scruples. Cool man. Ice cream. Scooping it. You can sell anything.